What's going on, everybody? This is Jeff Hillen with Selling Stories, where we discuss the struggles, successes, and life lessons learned through sales and in sales. I want everybody to do me a favor. Think back to a time in their life where they thought it was really, really hectic or really, really crazy. Because Caleb Steiger, the guest I have today, may have you beat. He's got a great family. He's got a great company he works for, and he's got a lot of community involvement. So Caleb Steiger, welcome to the show, Selling Stories, man. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Actually, I was able to connect with Caleb at a recent event in the community. So Caleb's in the insurance and business risk industry. And I wanted to start off by asking, do you have a story you can call to mind of where you either helped a business avoid a disaster or maybe have to recover through something that happened? In the insurance industry, you're working with clients that place a high level of trust in you and working with business owners on their insurance program. So if something goes wrong, we want to make sure we have things structured in a way that is going to allow them to get back on their feet in a short amount of time, continue their business, continue to support their employees. So anytime we have claims at the end of the day, that's what the clients pay for. So we want to make sure that's a, a good process for them, walk alongside them, make sure it's handled fairly and correctly. But thinking about the ones that would have bigger impact, you know, we had a situation within the last two years, construction, local family-owned business that goes way back in the community, suffered a really significant fire loss at their, their shop. I got a call Saturday morning, was out with my kids out in the backyard, just having a normal weekend, get a call from the business owner's cell phone, which is a little bit unusual. You get calls in the evenings and weekends, but took the call. There was a significant fire at their facility, which really well-run organization, probably the last client that I was expecting that from. My wife was able to kind of jump in, take the kids, run out to the, the business, start to ask questions about what happened and sit down with the leadership team to start taking some next steps on it. Where do we go today, tomorrow? How do we get things to a point where we can be operational by Monday? So yes. like that, where it's an eye-opening experience. Obviously you don't expect that as a business owner, you have insurance, but you're hopeful that you're not going to have to use it in that capacity. When you jump in the car and you're driving there, and again, I know you went to college, but these aren't necessarily scenarios through your classes or through your exams. So what's going through your mind as you're driving there? Are you calling your CEO? Are you trying to pull up their documents and figure out and make sure like, hey, I know their coverages. What's that process look like after you get that call and then you're way out to their business? Yeah. The first thing is not an overreaction. It, it comes down to the trust, the relationship piece. People want to talk to somebody that's going to be under control that can still give advice and not be chaotic or playing into the chaos of a situation like that. So that's the main thing is keeping composure on the way over there. You're kind of thinking, all right, maybe it's not as bad as it was originally said to me, maybe in the, the chaos or the craziness, like there's some overreaction. You're thinking that in the back of your mind a little bit, but at the end of the day, when you show up there, these are people that are dealing with a stressful situation that you really just want to be there for them. You may not have all the answers or be able to like step in and save the day, but the fact that you're present, you're showing up, you're listening, asking questions, kind of becoming a part of their team to an extent. And that's how I would want to be treated if I was in that situation. Something that's important for people to reflect on is composure. And there's going to be situations, whether it's in sales or in business that are going to stress you out. People are under stress. You may get clients that 
act out of turn from their normal character. There's people that you may think never are going to curse at you and they'll come at you with a word that you never thought you'd hear out of their mouth. And yeah. you kind of look at them funny, like, did you just say that? I don't think that was something that you would say. And, yeah. and, and in this case, which you bring up, which is a, an important story for people to understand, like a family-owned business, I mean, in their mind, they might think we just lost everything. Yeah. And now they have employees on top of it, how to be operational on Monday. So how do yeah. people they can trust, stay composed, show up, be yeah. there for them, listen, just say like, how can I help outside of the insurance side that you're running? What else do you need? You know, if it's as simple as like, Hey, let me go grab Dunkin' Donuts and bring coffee for people or, yeah. you know, just be a human and, and make sure you understand, like you said, how would I feel in that situation? Well, yeah. I'd be pretty nervous. And if somebody gave me a cup of coffee, I would be like, thanks. Like I would almost forget about what happened in that moment. Right. Yeah, that's right. We did that that day, but in this community, there's so many people in situations like that that jump into action and show up and just want to get to work and start helping out. We bought a ton of pizzas for the crew that was working there that day. What we're selling is trust, relationship. I mean, in the insurance industry, it's viewed a little bit like a commodity. People can hop online and get a cheap option, but the way that we want to do business is we want to sit down. We want to ask good questions. We want to get to know who we're dealing with. And there's a chance after that, that maybe it's not even a good fit or they're looking for something different. So why does somebody decide to do business with you? What do you believe are the reasons why they choose to do business with you? And what would a perfect client look like from your end? A perfect client is not so much like an industry or a size, but somebody that's going to uh, value the advice that you're giving. We're pretty committed to meeting with all of our clients face-to-face -face for however long it takes to ask good questions, understand what changes they have going on within their business. Insurance is changing, compliance, safety, all of that stuff is constantly changing. But our job is not to tell you what to buy or what not to buy. That's for your leadership team, ownership team to make that decision. The reality is you want to have open lines of communication, but frankly, outside of renewals, you may not have day-to-day -day conversations with your clients all the time. One thing that I would recommend for people out there is find ways to provide valuable information when there isn't a situation you have to be in communication with them. So again, yeah. if there's a new safety policy that's put out there that may affect your client's business, yeah, you want to be the one telling them that information. You don't want your competitors sending them an email or sending them a flyer or stopping by their office and being like, hey, I'm not sure if your guys told you about this, but yeah. so when that happens, that's when you open up the door for like, hey, I don't know. I thought, you know, Jeff was my guy. However, after I've had business with him for a couple of years, it seems like, you know what, maybe I have seen him a lot less. Maybe he is out golfing. So yeah. you got to be present when there's not anything critical there to make sure you're yeah. showing somebody you're providing value. We've tried to think proactively with that. A big part of what we've done too is seminars, hmm. hosting on topics that are relevant to a lot of our clients. And that can take us to topics outside of insurance or safety events for the topic of hiring or team building or building the team culture that you want. If it benefits our clients, if it makes them more successful in their business, then that's a benefit to us as well. That's one of the questions every time we sit down with our business owners is like, how can we help you? What topics are keeping you up at night? What's your biggest struggles? And from there, as a team, we try to be proactive with coming up with solutions. This podcast is a way that I can provide valuable and free information to end users for them to hear a variety of topics, a variety of stories. And if you can use something creative and unique in your own industry or something that resonates with prospects or clients. I had a guy before tell me he would write a handwritten letter to 50 prospects telling them 
why he wanted to do business with them. Seminars, and you're bringing in different centers of influence of people that can affect their business in different ways. Be creative, be unique, and take some shots. If it's free, it's a lot easier to ask somebody for something and be like, hey, all I need is your time. All I need is your your support. And all I need is your advice. Like, hey, was this valuable? Or what did you get out of it? And if you can do that, what times right. people are going to show up? You're exactly right. So I brought up the topic of thinking of a time you were busy. Really made me want to talk to you, Caleb, was faith, family, and work. And I know that the challenge, for, especially nowadays, people will look at how do you balance your life? So I wanted yeah. you to speak a little bit about that because of your family dynamic, as well as the things you're involved in, in the community. Yeah, it is a challenge. It continues to be a challenge. We have five kids starting to get into school and sports and activities. It's not perfect, but we've tried to balance that as best we can. We want the kids to be involved, but not be to a point where every night we're running around, not eating dinner together, just passing each other by. So it's definitely a fast pace. There's different seasons where that's harder to manage than others can be stressful sales, managing people, growing the business, and then you go home and you're pouring into your kids, pouring into your wife. It's a constant balance for sure, but your comment on faith, I mean, that's for us what holds it all together. Just getting back to that baseline of pursuing our faith, staying in the word, trying to stay steady with that. If we're grounded in that area, like all of the challenges and struggles that come up, it doesn't mean that they're going to be easy, but we have something to cling to and not just survive those times, but look for opportunities to thrive through that and having the energy to do it. It's difficult because I know as a parent myself, you get to the point of like your breaking point some days where you just feel like I got to take from it because I've hit my level. And no matter what you tell yourself, sometimes you just need your own peace. Do you yeah. guys have anything that works for you and your family to say like, Harry, tag out, I need a tag out or yeah. like do kids know like Harry, if Caleb or dad or whoever says this, like they're yeah. at their level. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, my wife, Lindsay deserves more tag outs than I do for sure. <laughs> since, you know, we're in the summertime now, so she's at home with the five kids managing that. So yeah, I mean, continuing to pursue things that we're interested in. Everybody needs that. You need to get out, have your own time where you're just getting filled. Sometimes that can just be like silence. You know, for Lindsay, she likes to run, get out, clears her mind, prior time. That's really important to her. I still like to play basketball, get out, do sports, stuff like that. This summer, we've really gotten into the Phillies. Probably started last year with the World Series run, but that's something that we do together as a family. You know, if the younger kids go to bed, the three older kids and Lindsay and I, watch a Phillies game and yeah, just hang out. Nothing, nothing too special, but you find those things that are important to everybody. And it's important to give space and time for those. When things get hectic, it's like, all right, how can I take a step back from that and think, am I doing the right thing for them right now? Or am I just giving them a a screen to stay busy because I had a rough day and I need downtime or am I really engaged in what I need to be? So I wasn't sure if that's stuff that resonates with you or not. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's hard. Like when you're tired, when, you know, you're having a long week at work, um, you know, to have that energy and the focus and the drive to like continue pouring into your kids and teaching them lessons and teaching them the values that you want them to grow up with. That can be hard because, you know, you can only give so much. And for us, as our family has expanded, you know, to the point of five kids, that's one of the things that we try to be real with each other about is 
there's less of us to go around to all of the kids. As a couple, I know you said you, you're led by your faith. You guys decided to adopt. And I know for some people out there that are either thinking about it or prayed about it or, or what have you, what led you to decide that adoption was right for you? And what have you learned through your adoption to be valuable for other people? Lindsay and I have been married for, it'll be 14 years this year. It's always been something that we've discussed as an idea. We first started with foster care. So we worked through Kobe's Family Services in Lancaster, which is a great organization. They're very, very realistic what this could look like for your family. That's basically how it started. We had three birth children and decided that we wanted to venture into foster care where you start to get phone calls about kids that need a home for a season. It may not be forever, but you're going to care for them and see where it goes. So that's what we first decided to get into with the idea that we would be open to adoption, but that necess wasn't necessarily the motive behind starting foster care was to. Okay. If you were giving somebody advice that was thinking about it, would you say maybe start with foster care as a way to figure out if that's really what you envision it being? No. The most important thing is just getting on the same page with your spouse. If you're going to venture into that, it's going to be a group effort where you're going to have to support each other. You're going to have to be at a healthy spot between the two of you first. Lindsay and I had to work through some of the challenges because somebody can arrive to that point where they're ready to do that before the other person. And that can present some challenges as well. The mission of foster care, like stepping into supporting these kids through a season, it can be a challenge too. If there's kids coming in and out of your house, you get attached to them in a short amount of time. And that's not guaranteed that it's always going to be that way. So there's definitely some uncertainty there. That's great to hear. And from a, from a business standpoint, it's funny because the one word that I feel like all problems always stem from is communication. I think yeah. if you look at a lot of aspects of your personal life, your business life, most things can be solved with good communication. Your dynamic of you know, going through foster care, obviously there was maybe some things that get dropped in your lap that were spontaneous. You didn't have necessarily always time to plan out a lot. And I'm sure you dealt with situations that were less than ideal. <laughs> dealing with difficult customers, sometimes the communication piece is if you talk with the customer and say, okay, what are your expectations from the relationship that you're trying to get out of this? If you expect me to, to always answer every single call you make, I would love to, but that's unrealistic. I have other yeah. clients. If you think yeah. that, you know, I can always turn things around in an hour. It's not that I don't want to, the intent would be to always get you what you want, but that's unrealistic. I think communication and being willing to set boundaries with expectations is really critical in today's world. Um, yeah. People think because you have a cell phone that you're always available and yeah. people just assume because they work at 11 o'clock at night or four o'clock in the morning that you should match that. And that's not always the easiest thing, especially with you have a, a big family or things you have to do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's the exciting part of sales on the business side with what I do is getting to know your, your client, what's important to them. How do they make decisions? You know, is it truly price-based? Is it relationship? Is it spending time with them? It starts with listening, asking good questions you know, with the other people that are getting into sales for the first time. Like some of the best meetings that I've had are the most effective with getting new clients is the meetings that I talk a lot less than what the prospect talks. Yeah. Uh, ask good questions, be a good listener and like truly listen to what they're saying so that when you come back and it's time for a proposal, you can show them in writing that Hey, I listened to you. You said this was important. Here's my value proposition to you on how I can make your life easier. What Caleb said there is really specific and it's 
when you listen, if somebody tells you this is important to me, make sure not you only point that out, but then like you said, follow up with the value proposition of saying, okay, Mr. Customer, because you told me that vacation is a big importance to you, here's the account manager that we're going to have internally that's assigned to your account. So if I'm not available, yeah. Sally's going to be the next level of defense. If you go to that next level, people are like, okay, he heard me and here's what they're implementing to make sure that I'm not going to have a problem with that. For sure. Now you are active in the community, Big Shots fundraiser, as well as some youth ministries. Do you have a fondest memory or favorite story for some of the community service volunteering that you've done? Yeah. So you mentioned the Big Shots event. That's a, a fundraiser that we do with a local nonprofit, the Factory Ministries in Paradise. We've done it for six years now. So every March at the beginning of March Madness, we get different business owners, uh, individuals, friends, people from church to sign up a shooter that's going to shoot a hundred foul shots that day. And they're going to get pledges ahead of time to give like an amount per shot made or a flat amount. We started that from scratch the first year we were like, Hey, we want to get involved with your organization. This is our vision for it, but we have no idea how we're going to do it. Let's just like pick a date and make it happen. We had maybe 12, 15 shooters at most, but at the end of the day, one day we raised $13,000 with no overhead expenses. It was people in the business community where it's like, Hey, we can get behind this organization. We can be a little competitive. We can have fun, you know, shooting foul shots. So basketball has always been something that I've been passionate about and being able to kind of mesh that with business and community and giving back. It's been a lot of fun and we've seen that kind of grow every year. So what's the most foul shots you've made in the six years you've done it? Yeah. That's a good question. We were debating this with some friends that have done it every year. One year I made 91 out of a hundred. And then I've been slowly declining this last year. I think I was down to 86. That still sounds, man. It was an NVO scouts. If you listen to this, scale still got game. You might not be, you might not know a cover anybody, but you might just get destroyed. Fine. Right. Like the guy at the end of the game and make a couple of shots. Maybe they look your way. Hey, if there's a technical foul and somebody's needed, I'll come off the bench and make a foul shot. But with that, I'll say I haven't won the event yet. So there's some shooters that are better than me. Everybody out there next March, so probably 2024, if you want to come to the event, make sure you let Caleb know. We'll get some contact information at the end of this. You mentioned tying a passion of yours that you've always had to something else that hit homes. And let's face it, like you're active in community. There's some win-wins, not only just for you personally, but also I'm sure for your business and just people seeing you out there. Yeah. So what suggestions do you have for somebody that knows they want to get involved, but they're just struggling to find a way to connect either with their community or, or figure out a way to make sure they make that a priority? At Barron, where I work every year, we offer a paid day off for our team members to go out in the community to an organization that they're passionate about to just volunteer. So I did that a couple of weeks ago at the factory, just went down and painted and did some handyman jobs around their facility and mingle with their team, chat about what's going on. That's where it starts to just get out there. All of these nonprofits, organizations, churches, there's always needs for projects or just spending time there. So if you know of one or you're passionate about it, uh, make a call, stop in, you'll probably get put to work. Something that, that resonated with me is when you give, it doesn't always have to be a receive, right? Sometimes yeah. you're giving just because you want to help. Sometimes you're giving because you find you're getting a lot from giving, but not necessarily because I volunteered in these three organizations, I got this many business opportunities or I met this many potential clients. If you have that kind of mind frame, 
It's going to be very difficult to find satisfaction out of the time and efforts you put into it. It inspires other people too of like, we work in a great community. There's a lot of really, really healthy and generous businesses. So the more that we can get out, bless others, look for opportunities around us, there's a lot out there that we can do. People that aren't familiar with the Lancaster community, because it's really where we both are in, I would say a faith-based uh, conservative, you know, you have Amish, you have Mennonite, a very conservative culture. Do you think community involvement has helped you ingrain yourself into the local community in a way that has made a difference for you? Yeah, I think so. We're in a relationship business, so people want to know about who you are, what you stand for, what's important to you. They want to know that you're going to be around when, when you need them. It could be a, a local fair. It could be a car. Just get involved, do things, meet new people, try to find, find needs around you. Yeah. No. And, and again, I think to, to kind of sum that up for, for us, you don't need to tell people what you do. You need to show people what you do. And if you do that, your actions are going to speak louder than your words and people are going to resonate with you and say, Hey man, I saw you at that charity event and I saw that you were willing to give your time. And that's the kind of person I'm going to work with instead of yeah. having to call somebody up and be like, Hey, what, what organizations are you a part of? Because I want to compare my resume and figure out if there's any synergy there. Somebody that's as busy as you are, I'm not sure how much time you have for reading books, but if you had to pick a favorite, what would it be and why did it impact you? Yeah, I've gotten better at reading the last couple of years. I think it's important just to get different perspectives from different people that are in, you know, different seasons of their career. One that stuck out to me was the emotionally healthy leader. I think it's Peter Scazzaro. Two years ago, I was pretty maxed with like, a lot of the things that we've discussed here, just feeling the pressure of trying to be a good dad, trying to have quality conversation with my wife after a long day. And then, you know, work career is continuing to grow, get new clients, have more influence, managing people. But that book really challenged me. You can be doing a lot of things that look successful outwardly, but we have to be real with, with ourselves on where our heart's at. My heart wasn't in a healthy spot. Waking up every day, just trying to do all the things that I have to do, but I wasn't doing any one thing really good. Just didn't feel like I was living out my purpose. So that book kind of challenged me. He was a really successful leader outwardly, was looking great, having huge influence, but inside he was hurting. I connected you, for sure. Did you eliminate anything that you were doing to, to try to make a difference? On the work side, we've been blessed as an organization where we've grown but eventually you find yourself in a position where you're probably doing a little bit too much and you're in a couple of seats that you don't necessarily belong in or do really well at or mm -hmm. get a ton of energy from that. I was in that position and we had some tough conversations of, all right, here are some of my strengths. Here's my passions. This is kind of where I would see myself going the next couple of years to continue to benefit the business and get to a healthy spot where I feel like I can balance it all. Uh, so we did that and it's been a journey having those real conversations of, I don't think long-term that that's sustainable. If I want to continue to pour into my family and community and do all of those things that are really important to me. Well, what you bring up resonates with me you know, in the industry that I'm in, material handling, forklift equipment, sales guys, are you going to go out and fix a customer's problem? Meaning, hey, if their lift breaks down. And they call you, are you going out with your tools, diagnosing the issue and fixing it? And, you know, 99% of the time, the answer is no. Yeah. Now they want to be in the loop because they have certain customers they want to make sure are getting taken care of. And I respect that. However, and a lot of times you are the buffer between the people that actually are going to fix the problem and 
your customer waiting extra long period of time from seeing somebody get to the site. If you are creating unnecessary steps in a process to get a resolution for somebody that is in that seat, that's going to be able to make what needs to happen, either happen quicker or they enjoy that process. That isn't something you enjoy, evaluate yeah. that and figure out ways to, uh, to alleviate that. Guys that were complaining, like, Hey, all these customers are calling, they have problems. That's the nature of our business, man. We fix problems. So right. if you think that's, that's not going to happen tomorrow, you're not really thinking about that. You just don't want to be the guy that's making, getting that call every day. Cause it's bringing your energy down. You want to go out and sell things for sure. And you know, my wife was a huge part of that process too. Like she's been so supportive with work stuff. And I think that's the key to a lot of our success at work is like stability at home and, and the way that our spouses support us and listen to us and encourage us in different areas. If there's instability and chaos at home, obviously that's naturally going to come into work as well and have a, a negative effect. It's not realistic to say that you can eliminate that and come into work every day with like a clear mind and a, a, a focused mission. All the books are great, but if your relationship with your spouse isn't in a good, a good place, there's going to be, you know, more struggles than positive stories. To there's definitely the simple things you can do to try to make you a hero at home, because at the office, if you're a hero and you're not a hero at home, it doesn't matter, man. If you had to give some advice to somebody that he was either struggling in sales or thinking about getting into sales, what would you say? Be yourself. There can be this idea that you have to look or sound a certain way to be successful. I've have certain gifts and strengths and have certain weaknesses and areas that I may struggle in when it comes to work or sales, being real with yourself and using those strengths to your advantage. You're not going to connect with everybody. There's opportunity to tell your story and use your strengths to help other people out. You have a likability factor about you. That's just humble and comes across really well. People that you work with and the clients that you have and the community that you're in, it meshes well with the person that you are. I'm not saying you wouldn't be successful in certain parts of New Jersey. It might be more of a difficult fit for you just because it might not feel as natural. So if there's people out there that they're either in an industry that just doesn't feel right, or maybe it's just a whole geographical thing. Maybe you went to college somewhere, or maybe your family moved and you were a kid, or something happened to put you in a spot. It just doesn't feel right. If you don't have to stay somewhere, whether it's a company or whether it's a location, really think about that. Pray about it. Whatever, whatever you need to do, get unstuck. Like, don't feel like that has to be the rest of your life. And be patient with it too. I think about the beginning of my career. Insurance was not in my family. I went to college for business and got into the insurance industry and saw it as an opportunity, but it's been a process. Success does not come immediately. You really have to build a name for yourself where, you know, you're trustworthy. You, you're somebody that is going to do what they say they're going to do. Where can people find out more about you and some of the cool stuff that you're involved in? Yeah. So Baron Insurance Group is the agency that I work for. We have an office in Mannheim and then my office is in Gordonville. We do personal and business. Let me interrupt you real quick. For people that don't know those two towns, that's in Pennsylvania because I'm sure there's some people that might have to Google that. I don't do a whole lot of the social media stuff, but you'll find me at home probably playing wiffle ball or shooting basketball with our kids. Well, no wonder, man. See, that's the problem. You're not on social media, so that's why you're so good at shooting foul shots. That's where people have to reflect. If you're on your phone too much, there's a reason why Caleb's up there striping 91 of 100, and we're out there hitting 32, so that makes sense. It would have been a lot more helpful if I was a good free throw shooter when I actually played basketball in high school and college, but for some reason, that didn't really trigger until later in life.
Well, listen, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. You got a busy family. So thank your wife, Lindsay, for to take the time to do this episode. I'm very confident that there's people out there that can resonate with your story and some of the challenges and things that you need to work through on a daily basis just to sometimes survive the day <laughs> and sometimes just love life, right? I mean, there's, there's yeah. a little bit of balance for both of it. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you having me and I, I love what you're doing with this and let me know how I can help. Absolutely. Well, everybody, another great episode, another great guest. This was uh, Jeff Hillen with Caleb Steiger selling stories. Everybody make it a great day.